Welcome to the latest issue. What man about the latest issue? It's the latest United We Stand podcast. But because I'm stood near someone selling United We Stand, I'm Do saying United that this is the latest issue, and and it clearly isn't. Um, the the skies are as grey as a normal winter's day in Manchester. We've just spotted a hint of blue somewhere towards Stretford. We just hope the rain holds off because when you when you sell. United we stand and it rains people are not as inclined to stop and buy a paper based product as they might otherwise be which is a big frustration because we put hundreds, hundreds of hours into every issue of United we stand so to see them spoiled by water is not good but it's holding off for the moment and uh, a young lad who's just bought a copy um, had a distinct accent and uh, led to me to ask him where he's from um, what's your name mate? Adam and where are you from? Uh, I was born in South Africa Joburg but um, I'm living here now and why United if you've uh, grown up in, in Johannesburg was it Gary Bailey or was he a bit before your time or? no no um, well all my family are United mad yeah. um, so my dad obviously drummed it into me um, United, United, United. Why were and, your family United, Matt? Uh, well, they just were. They lived in Stretford. Okay. So um, my dad went home and away with them for years. He, he doesn't come anymore because he can't afford it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he jumped United into me and I went. I was, what, a year old, just over a year old when I was my first game. And I've just been going ever since. So when did your family move to South Africa? Uh, they moved to South Africa in 1982. And how old are you? I'm 26 now. Right. <laughs> so you're South African red, who now yeah. lives yeah. back over here. Yeah, well, you could say I've got... I've got Manx, all my family are Manx, so I've yeah. got English blood in me, it's just obviously a different accent. Which passport do you use? Uh, what, to, uh, well, to go in South Africa, I use my South African one. And then when I come back into England, I've used my British one because I've got two nationalities. Yeah, I can relate to this with, with my own children. They have uh, British passports yeah. and Brazilian passports as well, which leads to some interesting questions from immigration at times. Well, I have the same problem. Especially as my wife travels on a German passport. Oh, shit. Um, not, and, and, she's, and she's not German. I think... Uh, well, I'm not even going to start even beginning to explain all oh, that on, on this awesome. podcast. Yeah. So, tell us about the support for United in South Africa, because uh, I've seen United over there several yeah. times on yeah. pre-season tours. I know loads of South African Reds who, you know, they get the fan culture, they buy United We Stand, we get yeah. feedback, they listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, seems to me that there's a, a very big following in, in Johannesburg, Pretoria. They meet. Um, they're a very well organised club there yeah. significant following as well in Cape Town down yeah. by the, the waterfront yeah. I watched yeah. a game there once with, with all them lot yeah. tell us a bit more about the support there um, well as you know the support there is pretty big um, the, there's got, they've got a big um, supporters club in Joburg as you know um, I live, well, they've actually moved um, the supporters club to a pub not, not basically five minutes from where I used to live when I lived in South Africa. Not Silverlands, is it? No, it's, um, uh, it's the Keg and Beagle All right. on the M3. Well, basically on the on-ramp for the M3. Um, they've got a broom there in the back. Um, I spoke to um, one of the representatives that was over here a couple of months ago for a game. They brought all of the uh, supporters over for the game. And um, they want me to take my flags over for the supporters club and put them up while I'm over there okay um, so I've got to take them with me and everything but um, yeah the support there is as you know wherever yeah. you go well, <laughs> the, support, no, no. the support is massive United wherever you go 
I hope I'm not missing people out, but Ethel Sleaf has been going for years. Yeah. Um, Barry Schmeiser has been going going for yeah. years. There's a load of Callum as well, I know. There's loads of people who... Yeah, well, they'll probably be the supporters club. Yeah. As I'm enjoying with Victoria over there. Yeah. So what have you made of United this season? And are you looking forward to today's nil-nil draw against Norwich? <laughs> Um, it's been it's been good and it's been bad. I mean, we've gone on, we've like had a good run and then um, it's gone bad. Well, not bad. It's just you know you know how it goes. Um, you just got to keep on coming and I mean you don't come to watch the, you don't come to watch the opposition. You you come to watch United. So. That's a good line, it and it's a line that a lot of managers believe. It's, it's quite. Yeah. I interviewed um, Adigo Johnson this week, yeah. and I asked him what is the difference between Pep Guardiola, who you used to play for, yeah. and Luis um, and jo- Jose Mourinho, who you used to play for. They said the difference is Guardiola pays attention to his own team and Mourinho pays attention to the opposition team I thought it was really interesting so Mourinho is scouting extensively and wants to know everything about the opponent and Guardiola's attitude is um, we have got better players than you so concentrated you worry about us and that's someone who's worked under them every day well that was interesting and um, tell me about the other supporters in South Africa are United the most popular team there uh, or, or, or are Liverpool very well supported as well and, um, and are there any City fans there I haven't I don't know any City fans over there first of all um, I know I know a couple of Liverpool uh, a couple of Chelsea because um, Chelsea over there are supported by a lot of Africans so obviously Jogba and um, Palu and all them yeah um, so there's quite a bit of Chelsea, um, and there's obviously Liverpool. But I've, I've never, I can't remember off the top of my head ever meeting a City fan in South Africa. And then obviously United. But the main three teams in South Africa: United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Those are the main three. Um, One thing I really liked when I watched the game with the Cape Town Reds was the the integration. I saw coloured, black, yeah. white. Yeah. I really liked it. I yeah. saw yeah. people who had a few quid. People who just about scraped enough money to buy a United shirt. Yeah. People who could afford to come to Manchester once a year. Yeah. People who couldn't afford to leave yeah. leave where they lived. Well, that's what it's like in South Africa. I mean, you've got um, you've got the well-off, and you've got the middle class, and then you've got the poor. And um, I know um, a couple of lads I used to work with in South Africa. They were they used to work, but. They couldn't afford to go watch like United when they came over, so they used to go watch like the you know Kaiser Chiefs yeah. and all them. They used to go watch them because it was pretty che- it was cheap the to go watch them. The Chiefs, Pir- yeah. Kaiser Chiefs and all them. Um, and then you got the the well-off that went to watch United when they came over. Um, so it varies, as you know. It's the poverty isn't uh, the, there's poverty there, so it isn't great, but. Um, there's a it's a it's a wide spectrum. I mean, you can have a a black but you can have a black man being poor going to watch Kaiser Chiefs, and then you can have the same person who's well off who can go watch United. And, I once went to watch yeah. a game between uh, Kaiser Chiefs and their main rivals, Orlando Pirates. Yeah. My hotel was um, a mile from the ground where it was played. It's actually in Port Elizabeth. Yeah. 35,000 people there. Yeah. And I said to the hotel receptionist, OK, I'm walking to the stadium now. She said, what? 
Are you crazy? No, I'm walking to the stadium to watch a game of football. And she said, no, 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 you, you, you don't do that. Um, and she was basically saying, you're white and you've got to watch Chiefs against Pirates. And that's maybe not the best idea. But I, I am white and I did go and watch them. Yeah. I had no problems at all. The, I reckon there were four or five white people in the whole crowd. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Two of them were on the pitch. I was behind the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. And they just coming up to me, fans of both teams saying, where are you from? And, yeah. Why are you here? And uh, just a good experience. Yeah. And there was this this hubbub in the background of these vuvuzelas and this constant yeah, yeah. noise. Well, they had that at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, it became famous yeah. then, but this was before. And yeah. you had people who believed in in witch doctors. You yeah. had people. Well, that, that's, who, uh, that's South Africa for me. Yeah. <laughs> they believe in all that stuff. Yeah. Well, what a great experience. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean. South Africa, you've got to you've got to watch where you're going. Like yeah, they said to you, but but um, look, you you were right. So, um, but you had a good time. And look, um, regarding the Vuvuzelas, um, as you know, you knew you knew about them before the World Cup. And um, when the World Cup happened, I had my cousin on the phone from from Stratford. Um, he said there's a constant buzzing going on in his TV <laughs> and he didn't know what the, what it was and he, he, he actually said to me he retuned his TV and it was still going on and I said to him no it's like vuvuzelas going off in the background like big horns and um, you've got to have like a special technique to blowing them because you can't you can't just blow straight into them you've got to do something I can't remember what it is you've got to do something with your tongue anyway to make them to get them to do that noise and um, yeah but that's that's unique to South Africa. You don't get that here. I mean, you get the horns here, but you don't get those vuvuzelas here. Do, do South African people know about United We Stand? Do they know about fanzines? Because we have a few subscribers there, but it's certainly not um, mainstream. Well, I well, you've obviously got your pe- couple that know about it, but um, the ones I knew about, well, the ones I know about, they never knew about it. When I moved here, I never knew about it myself. And then um, I started buying, you know, Stan, Red News and all that. Um, and I only read it every week. Whenever, whenever a new one comes out, I buy it. Um, but I never knew about it before I came over. Um, the main reason I came over um, was because of United. Because I watched United at home, like in South Africa on TV, but it wasn't the same as like going every week. So, um, you can't beat live. You can't beat live. You can't beat live. I'll tell you one more South Africa story. Um, I had a, a spare day there, and a friend of a friend said, I'll get Lucas Radebe to take you around. Lucas Radebe. And, and Lucas was a captain of South Africa. He was a big, time, fun, uh, big hero in, yeah, he was in Leeds. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, the Kaiser Chiefs were named yeah. part of him. Yeah. And Lucas spent a day taking me around. It was one of the yeah. best days of my life. His yeah. wife was very poorly at the time, so he, he, I shouldn't yeah. have been... Um, looked R- after R- by David, him. David is like that. He's known for that. Well, is, I didn't even, know that. Even with, not, even with normal, like, even myself, I knew what he was. I never met him, but that's what he's like. He'll accommodate you. Top man. So he took me into Soweto. Yeah. I learned that Soweto isn't just a huge ghetto. No, it's, it's actually not, a no. city of yeah. three or four million people. Yeah. There's some really rich areas in Soweto. There it is. He took me, he was recognised because of who yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. He took me all around there. Yeah. Um, and then he took me to and he had a nice car yeah he took me to a, a, a part and it started getting more and more I'd say rougher yeah, in English. It did, yeah yeah and we got to a part 
where even Lucas had to say yeah be careful I'm best getting out of here and yeah. I said why he said it's full of new refugees from Zimbabwe yeah. and he said you know I'm not being big headed but yeah. they don't know who I am no, you know? No, and, and, and we sort of turned around and I took some pictures I still have the pictures yeah. humans were living in just underneath Shex. a piece yeah. of tin yeah checks in other words yeah yeah um, but what a great way to see uh, a city it's, a, it's an interesting way to see South Africa I mean mm. a lot of I mean a lot of people yeah they ask me about the poverty in South Africa and I try to explain to them best I can but it's, it's better that you go there you see it because you can't really explain it how it is even though I try to you can't, brilliant, you can't brilliant. great country you can't. we're just wrapping this yeah, up right. now um and, and this is obviously an advert on behalf of the South African Tourist Board that if you do fly direct to South Africa you don't get jet lagged the Randy's very weak at the moment right and you'll have a, have a great time I might invoice them for that yeah. all the best finally um, where will United finish this season in the league and will we win the Europa Cup uh, I'd say we'd finish probably second or third yeah um, Europa League it's a long competition so you don't know yeah, but if um, you draw every game nil-nil if you draw every, yeah, yeah you've got every chance on penalties but I mean <laughs> I mean if you take how you took penalties under David Moyes <laughs> it's, not, it's not going to be good but yeah see what happens yeah all the best okay hi Andy this is Andrew Monin from Cork you come over for the game? Yeah, flew over this morning, Andy, yeah. From Cork to... Liverpool. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yes, come over this morning, what happens at 11. And how many United fans were on a, a plane from Cork to Liverpool? Yeah. To Norwich at home on the 19th of December. Nobody from Norwich, but there was definitely about 50 or 60 United on it. Really? Yeah. And how much yeah. you pay for that flight? They had £11 one way, Ryanair. Well, that's probably why the plane was full of Manchester United there you go, fans. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're coming to watch United in, in August you're obviously paying a lot more than that or, or do you book very early and get get class yeah. plan yeah, once the fixtures come out and the sky fixtures are announced obviously we're looking at uh, dates to coincide with flights and obviously the price of the flights as cheap as you can to make it worth your while of course you know tell me about Manchester United support in Cork yeah it's huge I mean I followed my first time Old Trafford was 1987 got the boat over so again United were huge back then obviously Liverpool was massive in Cork back then as well considering they were successful but us United diehards were following United in the 80s when it was not so glamorous to do that obviously I've travelled a lot around Ireland I've never been south of a line between Dublin and Galway I'd like to go to Cork I feel like I should because I've had a few quid out of that city from articles I've written yeah, yeah. Uh, over the years and I know that Dennis Irwin and, um, and Roy Keane were obviously from Cork but there were actually six or seven United players Frank O'Farrell I think was from Cork Noel Cantwell um, Noel Cantwell was yeah. from Cork a guy called Brian Carey I think was from yeah. from Cork and um, Frank O'Farrell's dream was being uh, a train driver on the line between Cork and Dublin and instead he, he failed he just became manager of Manchester United <laughs> instead. instead but Dennis Irwin used to say that he was from the good bit of Cork and Roy was from the bad bit of Cork and he alluded to something north side south side tell me more yeah obviously any, any city with a river running through the middle of it has a north south, south divide so I think particularly so in Cork yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a healthy divide if you like but um, yeah it's competitive there's no real huge divide just more perception than anything else if you like um, how old are you? 
I'm 43. So you would be the same age as Roy Keane? Yeah, yeah. And you're from the same city as Roy yeah. Keane? Did you know Roy or his friends or his family? I didn't, but I'd be good friends with a lot of Roy's uh, close buddies at the moment. Like, I've gotten to know them over the last 25 years from football in Cork. Didn't play against Roy growing up. I was a late, late developer to the game. Yeah. That was, does that mean you weren't very good? What's that? Does that mean you weren't very good? Yeah, not back then, but <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah, so good buddies all Roy. We played uh, Munster League, just below League of Ireland level in Cork, so we just just finished that. Like, So we're still involved in the game. So you Cork, played yeah. at that level? Yeah, played kind of 37, 38. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the league below the top league? Yeah, so you, you're, you have two league, League of Ireland, you have the yeah. top level with. Yeah. We're done Cork City. The second level is Cove Ramblers, yes, where Roy right. came from, of course. Right. And the next level down is your Munster Senior League, Lens Senior League, where you're uh, a lot of guys say uh, you're actually Wes Hoolins and then would have played Lens Senior League. And you um, played that level? So we played that level, yeah. So yeah. it's been really good, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. And what's Roy? Uh, the perception of Roy in Cork is, is he a godlike figure or because I know that he's a divisive figure in Ireland yeah yeah, absolutely hugely divisive in Ireland but it's, it's, I'd say it's 99% Roy in Cork who we think we look after our own of course and your own being Manchester United as well, as well um, how are you feeling about this season Yes, we just struggle. Obviously, I think the style of play is the biggest issue more than anything else. The, the, the lack of creativity, the lack of imagination, and, and creation of chances going forward, which is the huge thing. Uh, so, it's been a lot of nil all draws. So, I'm banking on a four or five nil today. So, I have a good enough record here. So, hoping to continue that. How often do you get over? Try, uh, once a season, but I do go to Spain a bit, as, as we have discussed. Try and go to Spain as much because I, lo- I love watching Spanish football. The, I suppose the creativity, the imagination of Spanish football is, is huge. It's very different to the, the, the British game. So, obviously, you know, it's it's a very attractive game to watch. Like United USB a couple of years ago. Um, okay, thank you for your, your time. Um, have a safe journey back to Cork. Uh, hello to all the, the Cork Reds. I know a lot of them by United We Stand. Uh, the Grangers, Andrea, who's over in um, Rio at the moment. She works on the World Cup. She's a great girl. I think her brother Stephen. I think they're from a big family. I know so him. you know him. Cork's tiny. Yeah. Well, good, good, good people. Yes. And um, have a safe journey back. Thanks, Andy. Another very special guest before the nil-nil against Norwich City. And you'll all be listening to this. United probably won 5-4, thinking, what an idiot. Um, Keith, you've held... Um, you've a, f- a familiar figure to a lot of United fans because for many, many years, and I'm sure you'll tell me how many, um, you had a programme store I opposite did. the Bishop Blaze. That's right. I was there for about 20, 25 years, Andy. Um, I had to pack it up towards the back end for the start of this season uh, owing to illness and although I'm well on the way to recovery now um, I think it's still too much for me at the moment to, to, you know, to continue with the programme still but I, I still make, I'm still working on the programmes and still making myself available uh, for anybody who wishes to collect programmes they've all got the details and how, do you get, how, do people, how do people get hold of you? Well, I've been there for 25 years, so the people who always came by my stall regularly picked up the catalogues, you've got all my details on, etc. So you've got United programmes going back to the year, Doc? I have indeed, well before pre-war, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got one um, from a game in Belgrade in 58, is it worth anything? It's worth an awful lot of money, it, it regularly sells for upwards of £2,000, if it's a genuine copy in uh, in Belgrade, from yeah, the, the, the one where they crashed at Munich on the way back, yeah. Have I, Ek? I wish I did. <laughs> is that like the Holy Grail? Is that... it, well, it, it's the Holy Grail to a lot of United supporters because of, of the uh, the meaningful, you know, so meaningful. Um the other one, on a lesser scale, is the first match in Old Trafford after, uh, which was against Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup, where the team was remained blank, etc. But wasn't the thousands of them? Weren't loads of them printed? There were thousands printed, but uh, a lot of them are still in collectors' hands. Uh, 
and lots of people never used to collect programs in those days. Pro program business really took off as a hobby in the uh, 70s onwards, really. So, um, might have been 60, 70,000 printed, and there's probably quite a few thousand remaining. But people, are, when they get rid of the programs, are reluctant to keep that one. What's your favourite program? Uh, my favourite program I've ever had was um, the first FA Cup match played at Old Trafford, which was back in 1913 against Liverpool. Um, but uh, that's yeah. It's quite a famous game, that one. Actually. It was. A, it, it, was, it, was um, it was. a famous game. It, it's, it's, no, I, actually, I said I said against Liverpool. It was against Sheffield United. Yeah, because the Liverpool was. The all, Liverpool was the when, first game back at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but the same season, this was the first FA Cup match played there. And which programme would you like if, uh, if you could pull one out of a magic hat now? Anything with Newton Heath on it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So you, a lot of people will know you. I'm glad that your, um, your health is improving again. Thank I know you. you've had a tough year. It's great to see you looking better and it's great to see you at Old Trafford. And I hope you have a lovely Christmas and that your health improves in the new year. Thanks very much indeed, Andy. All the best to all United supporters as well. This is Alex Neil, the Norwich City manager. Yeah, of course. I think um, I think whatever game you're going to, you've always got a chance. You know, I think um, if you look at our performances so far this season against the bigger teams away from home, you know, we drew with Liverpool one each. We went to Chelsea. We lost one 0 off a, a, an error that we made, and we lost at Man City off an error we made late in the game. So um, it's not it's not like maybe back in the day where you were going and getting turned over four or five. You know, we've been really competitive in these games, and we felt that if we limited the mistakes that we've made in other games, because we've made mistakes in the games and that's why we lost, um, we felt we'd give ourselves a chance, particularly if we played as well as we can. And I felt... No jokes. I felt um, if we could... If we could... Is that finished? Yeah. Uh, if we could, um, yeah, not make any sort of silly errors and keep ourselves in the game, that we would have enough quality hopefully go and create some chances. And, and that's the way the game ended up. Did it take, do you think it took your team a while maybe to realise that this isn't the Man United role because they seem to get more adventurous as the, as the first half wore on? No, not particularly because we'd spoke about it, you know, but then I think if you look at the starting lineup they had last week at Bournemouth and then you look at the lineup they had today, it was, it was very different. You know, they had all their sort of big hitters back in the side today. Um, so the one thing about certainly Louis Van Gaal's teams and this Manchester United team is they start quick. You know, they, they press you high up the park and they're really in your face. Um, and we needed to make sure that we weren't going to try and overplay um, or risk anything that was going to sort of concede a goal early doors because then it's going to be tough. So you need to make sure after 30 minutes that you're in the game and then the game will become bigger and then it gives us that opportunity hopefully to try and pick up wee pockets and, and go and try and hurt on the counter and, and that's that's what ended up happening. So, um, but yeah, I thought I thought our players, the work ethic that they had was, was incredible. Alex, you won a lot of games at Hamilton, established your, your career there. Obviously, you won a lot of important matches last season when you won promotion. Yeah. But is this the biggest win of your management career? Um. Well, arguably, you know, I, th I think um, looking at the gulf between the two sides and the gulf between the sort of size of clubs, if you like, and the resources that Manchester United have got, then you could you could possibly say that. Um, but 
at the end of the day, when you go on the pitch, it's 11 v 11, you know, and um, we, we've just got to go and try and do as well as we can. And if we can do that, then we'll always take the strength for the team. Whereas I think bigger teams have got individuals that can go on and sort of individually win games. Um, we, we'll always be sort of working as a group, and, and hopefully that can overcome. Given the uh, difference in sides, Scale of clubs. Were you surprised at how little they offered? Two shots <coughs> in the target. Yeah, but the one thing I will say, I, th- I think that was credit to us and how we limited them. You know, because um, it's easy saying that, but there's many a team that's come away from home against bigger sides and sat behind the ball, and then they've been done four or five. It's about the bigger teams trying to break them down and the quality that they've got. Um, and I think, like I say, I thought the work ethic and how we went about that um, was great, and it limited them to very little at times. But I thought we posed a real sort of threat on the break and. Um, showed good quality in certain areas of the pitch, um, which which obviously helped us. What do you think this can do for the club? Zone, it's always difficult to say, you know, because you, you want to kick on, you hope next week we can go on and build on it, um, but it's not easy when you're a new promoted team. And to be honest, you're fighting against clubs that are far bigger than us. Um, however, we showed today, and I've been saying it all year, um, or all season, that there's no reason why we can't go and win games, you know, because we are competitive, we have good players. It's just making sure that they're highly organised and that, A, you limit mistakes, I think that's a big thing. You, you can't gift good teams a goal. Um, and we didn't do that today and it, and it really helped us. I well, know you've got a big one for history, Alex. That's the first win they've had here since 89. I think they're on to scale in Yeah, which is great for the club. You know, I'm, I'm delighted for the likes of Delia and, and David McNally and that who have put their faith and trust in me. So for them... That'll, that'll mean a lot to them and a lot to the fans, which I'm delighted with. Um, but for me, it's just about trying to get as many points as I can for my team and, and make sure that my team have got a bit of confidence. And they'll certainly take some for that today because we've been playing well in some games and, and not getting our just rewards, and that can be demotivating. You know, it can be difficult to, to accept that you do really well and you don't get the just rewards. Um, but I'm hoping today that we'll take huge confidence for that and that we can grow in the next games, hopefully. I mean, you said sort of in the build up, you like Bournemouth, they are back. Call it a catalyst result. I mean, this could now be for you, couldn't it? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, but to be honest, if you turn around and say they'll lose next week and then win the next three after that, I'd take that. So um, it's just about trying to get as many points for us as we can. We need to get wins, and wins are wins are absolutely key. What was your what was your thought when uh, all went through there about the 93rd minute this morning? Yeah, I was worried because I'm thinking, don't let it happen again. You know, because there's been so many times this season. Man City was probably the worst. We were we're hanging on for a point and we're doing well. And we've limited them to very little. And then we make an error. There's some noises in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my phone. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that I just, I just, I wanted it so badly for them, um, and we, I thought we deserved it. So I was really, really pleased. Can you sort of just describe the mood there, final whistle, so you can see what it meant to the players, to the fans. Yeah, because we don't want to be down at the bottom end of the table, you know. And I think certainly the first ten, eleven games of the season, we played some really good stuff, and we were better than some of the teams we played against in terms of the performance, but. Performance don't put points on the board, you know, and um, that's what we needed to do. So today was today was crucial for us. Have a nice Christmas now. I'll, I'll have a lot better Christmas now after that. Thank you. Cheers, Charles.
can only say uh, that uh, what you have seen today is uh, what a lack of inconfidence can do with your team. It was not good enough and it is our first defeat on Old Trafford. And that makes it uh, remarkable and that uh, is also a confirmation that we are in a very bad period and we have to come out of that period because that is the most important thing. And that is difficult because otherwise we have done it already today. You have to win against Norwich City. You have to win every home match, I think. And, uh, and we did it also this season. Till now. So the problem is how we can manage to come out of this uh, bad period. That can be done when you are sticking together. Uh, not only uh, the players and the manager and the staff, but also the fans. Because that is very important. Yeah. And every word, what, what I say uh, about the defeat is one word too much. Because the expectation is that we win against Norwich City. And I can imagine that. And we have to do that. But we didn't do that. that that's the fact. How do you get that confidence back in your place? To uh, show your professional attitude. That's the only way you can, uh, you, you can get that back. And, and of course, we have done that also this week. But uh, that's the only way. And of course, we have to evaluate what we have done today. And uh, how we have prepared this match. And, and, and so on. And tomorrow we shall evaluate uh, what we have done as uh, a staff, as... Uh, a team uh, to make it better against Stoke City because the next game is Stoke City and then we have to play within two days against Chelsea so we have to show our professional attitude to uh, to improve but also to come back in our confidence zone do you sometimes, um, when you're in a situation like that, evaluate your own methods? Or are you confident the methods that got you through in the past will get you through this? Yes, of course, I, I'm always evaluating myself also, uh, because I think that's uh, an aspect uh, of uh, the same philosophy what I have. And, uh, but... Uh, in the 25 years of management, uh, uh, I evaluate myself also. And, and the philosophy is also uh, 
making an evolution. I'm not the same coach as uh, 25 years ago. Uh, so you are always uh, evaluating and uh, of course that philosophy is, uh, is very important for me because of that uh, I uh, am or maybe I have to say now was a very successful uh, manager. Louis, um, when you see what's happened to Jose Mourinho this week and um, knowing the expectations of Manchester United and their fans, do you worry about your job when, when results like this happen? Yes, of course I'm, I'm uh, uh, worried about that because I know that uh, uh, belief in a manager is very important. And when you lose uh, the games you play, then the belief in a manager shall uh, increase or de decrease, decrease. So uh, uh, that's happening now. Uh, I, ne I cannot close my eyes for that. Louis, after a result like this, what do you say to the players afterwards? Do you, do you shout at them? Do you put your arm around the shoulders? Do you say nothing in the dressing room afterwards? No, I'm always saying something. But it was very difficult today uh, to say something. But I have said something, but that's also for the dressing room and not for you. Louis, you said it's important that the club and the fans have belief in you, but do you, do you have belief in yourself that you, you can turn this difficult situation now? Yes, I think so. I, I don't think that, that uh, a change of uh, management uh, shall bring uh, direct uh, success. But that is what I believe, that is... <laughs> It's, it's uh, in this matter uh, maybe not so interesting. You played Wayne Rooney as a centre forward again. He seems to play different positions every every time without success. Where, where are you? What are you thinking about Rooney now for now for the rest of the season? Yeah, I cannot say that after this match now because we have to evaluate. Okay, last question. We saw a lot of Ryan Geese on the touchline today, directing the players, which he doesn't normally do. Was that, was that because of the way the game was going, or what was the thinking? No, uh, uh, he, he was also, uh, last match already, uh, a lot of uh, times at the touchline. And, and, and uh, he has to give advices to the players. And, uh, yeah. He can do that, uh, because we speak uh, about that. But uh, you are at the sideline, mostly, when it is not going well. And uh, that's the reason. Okay, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just two minutes. I'm walking across the Old Trafford forecourt now, as I usually do an hour after the game. Heard both managers speak. Alex Neal came first. Very impressive. Uh, I've heard good things about him, and he's done very well in the time he's been at Norwich, which is less than a year. 
certainly better than Louis van Gaal's done in the time that he's been at Old Trafford which is considerably more than one year uh, this is probably the low point I feel like it's getting worse and worse every week now the final fans are just clearing away from the forecourt and the type of people who are, are still left at this time are tourists taking pictures in front of the illuminated Manchester United sign the rain has finally stopped it started getting heavy in the second half when United were a goal down needed to get back in the game needed to win needed to win playing well and he didn't got beat again third defeat on the row no wins now in six uh, and there's a mood now that how long can Louis van Gaal stay in charge of Manchester United everyone's saying it. he can't stay for much longer um, Louis van Gaal answered questions in his press conference which would have been odd even a month ago has he lost the belief of the players is he the man to turn Manchester United around does he fear for his job all very reasonable and direct questions and he, he answered them all in a far more realistic manner than he had done at the start of December when after the 0-0 draw against West Ham he said that fans were happy with him in Manchester United they're not happy now, not at all and they expect far more from Manchester United again it was another dull game um, Norwich deserved the win the team is just shattered of confidence there's nothing there and it's a very expensively assembled team and there's a weariness among fans I think that is there a quick fix to this probably not can you see any manager coming in and not wanting more players and more of his own players that's what managers want in football so people are saying Van Hart is going to go um, most people want him to go we've been doing polls um, consistently uh, but they don't make the decision whether he loses his job or not that's Fred Woodward and the United board and at the start of December they were very emphatic and I believe them by the way that in their support of Louis van Gaal uh, they said he's a, a genius he's a man who will um, take Manchester United forward but much has changed in that three weeks United have gone out of the Champions League not won a game I think lost three and drawn one in December and the situation is as it is now United have slipped out the top four we've heard the, the same gripes not enough goals not enough decent football he should be much 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 better someone just tweeted me and said I sit in K-Stand I've not seen a goal at my end since mid-September and you pick up on little bits like that another guy come up to us outside the ground and said um, is, it, is he going or what uh, he has to go that's the type of things that I'm hearing said um, I don't know the answer don't think anyone does I think discussions and meetings will be taking place uh, where the future of the manager and he's not the only one at fault the players are at fault as well but do they believe in him? what do you think? what do you think? and we've been pretty consistent telling it how it is on this uh, podcast but they're clearly shattered of confidence Van Gaal mentioned that as well next game is at Stoke uh, I will be going I'll be bringing you another podcast from Stoke I'm going to pass you over to some of the lads who were in the ground as well against Norwich for 10 minutes of their opinions and 
will Van Hal be manager by the end of this year? We don't know. Uh, I'd like to wish you all a very happy Christmas, or at least those of you who celebrate Christmas. And um, thanks for supporting us and buying United We Stand, because it doesn't run on thin air. We do need people to buy it. We don't just need people to consume these podcasts for free. We need money. Uh, So thanks for all your support. We've had a decent year with the fanzine and not a decent year with Manchester United. Until Stoke, goodbye. It's post-match after Manchester United 1, Norwich City 2. It didn't go to plan. Well, it depends what your plan was, but uh, ours ours was hopefully one that would see United uh, respond to what was a pretty grim week the other week, losing in Wolfsburg and then that disaster down on the south coast last week. this is going to be slotted in with a couple of other things so uh, us United we stand sellers are stood um, we've, uh, we got here this morning we sold the magazine in the rain we then want, went to watch Louis van Gaal Manchester United lose a home game against Norwich and we've just sold the magazine again in the rain there's not many Christmas carols with that kind of nonsense stuck in the lyrics is it um, it's uh, probably as grim a time as I can remember at United and I even I'm going to go as I say it's far worse than the time that we had when Moyes was uh, Moyes was in charge so um, we'll have a chat about the manager at the end of this uh, but uh, just a couple of thoughts on the game John well firstly just before we get to the game can I just point out to supporters of Manchester United that as fans themselves we don't pick the team and that no matter how much they ask I'm not going to shove anything up my ass. Um see we know that's not strictly true actually <laughs> well no fanzines yeah. anyway <laughs> let's suggest something else no, uh, uh, the, the game itself today I don't actually think it's the worst we've played for uh, played, but that, I think that's probably says a lot more about United than the fact that I'm taking a bit of consolation out of having a, having a bit of a go at Norwich but no nah, it, it's not good enough is it um, it, it took us to go 2-0 down before we started doing 11 ago and even then you, you know five or six years ago when you pull that goal back with 25 minutes to go we'd have gone on and won that game no question about it Ferguson side yeah they, they would have they'd have gone on and won the game but we, we again we went out with a bit of a whimper again sick of repeating myself to be honest um, same well, thing. instead of repeating yourself I'll sell for just speaking up a bit that's fine yeah um, yeah that's fine might as well just same thing really start off well um, as soon as we realise we're struggling to get a goal or even have a shot we uh, it starts to get gradually worse in my view and uh, it's not good enough I'm afraid that's what it is Alan like, like, like it's been said before it took until going 2-0 down to, uh, for the players to actually pull the fingers out of their ass because from, from the uh, off today we just didn't look up for it I think we just turned up expecting to roll them over in an air current vein of form that was never going to happen um, I'm at a loss really what, what else to say because it's just shite isn't it all these bad days are coming to common aren't they yeah, you know absolutely. we've got the Europa League to look forward to as well so Believing work at three, selling the mag at five, <laughs> freezing to death. Are you, regretting, are you regretting going out until five and getting up at half six and yeah, then coming to watch morning. this today? The mag's got delivered this morning, so there's a guy banging on my door at 25 to eight. So <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't very nice this morning. Yeah. Um, I, I thought two things that, that, that stuck out for me in the game. One was that United now don't know actually what... United rely on not letting in which means that when they go a goal or even two goals down they don't know what to do that was one thing and then the other thing that really I thought United were really piss poor when we got that first goal back um, you know we, we just sort of sat there and thought and went back to type 
Yep, I agree completely. Like we said there, that's the point where you should be taking the game by the scruff of the net, where they're probably the most vulnerable. And we didn't, within five minutes, you lost that bit of a buzz that you had in the crowd. Um, it soon went back to type and it, and it went back to how it did earlier on in the game. You could hear a pin drop, couldn't you? When we were 2, two one down chasing the game, and for about two minutes, the crowd got behind him a bit, but then I think somebody went down injured and for the next 10 minutes after that it was like a training match again just people people just don't fancy United to do it do they and you know the crowd I think the crowd need to get something from the team as well what I'm worried about is the players seem to have all the hallmark of what the Chelsea players were doing the other day and that's that's a big worry for me yeah yeah and that's a big worry for me uh, so well, I think some of the supporters are a little bit like that as well so yeah, a lot of them yeah, are taking a bit yeah. of solace in the fact that okay yeah. if we win then great if we don't win yeah. then it's another nail in, in Van Gaal's coffin absolute disgrace that I don't agree with that at all it's a joke going back to like when we went 2-1 behind I failed to see what we're doing when we're going forwards I, I failed to see what our strategy is you can't really think of any clear cut chances we've created when we were chasing that second goal and I mean we're getting players the amount of time today players have swung crosses in and there's no one there and that you know, right in the heart of the box, and then sometimes they're going over the over from one side to the other, and uh, you know these. I sometimes think these professional footballers don't look up. And there was one occasion in the second half where Blint Blint didn't even look up when he put this cross in. He's just swinging it in in the hope that someone's going to be there, and invariably there isn't anyone. I think, I think in the last few games, I don't know whether it's due to through to the selection of players that he's had available or whether he's bowed to sort of fan pressure a little bit more, but he's actually started to have a go a little bit more in the last couple of games. And what you have suddenly seen is that Chris Smalley maybe isn't Paolo Maldini after all. <laughs> you know, he's not got three central midfielders sat in front of him. And, and it's stick or twist, isn't it, a little bit? And if, he, if he sits back, he doesn't get any um, you know, support and from the fans. And if he goes for it, then defensively, we're not good enough. And said at Crystal Palace... Um, after the game when we were all outside uh, admittedly in a bit of a state but the, the bit of rationale that did get spoke on that was the when you said you can't keep praising the United defence because no one's actually having a go at it because what's sat in front of it is too tight and I, I just thought today because the midfield suddenly started just leaking everywhere yep. we got proper exposed at the back and listen that was that's the other thing that wasn't a makeshift United team today that was pretty much not far off being full I, I can't fault the team selection but I think they're all devoid of confidence and I think that's where the manager is at fault um, like I said after Palace um, we have if you have 70% possession it's far easier to defend in a team like that that's why Mascherano can play centre back for Barcelona and Chris Smalley is all of a sudden looking amazing it's, it's just possession you never you never have a sustained period of pressure on your defence and now I reckon Today we didn't. Did we have a lot of possession today? I don't. Probably was it. Well, surprised at that because I mean, the defence just looked at sixes and sevens. They broke they? quite well, but they, they, they didn't the hold on to the ball. The same yeah. story every single week, though, isn't it? Everyone knows how to come to Old Trafford and play against United. Just sit back, frustrate them, and you'll get your chances on the counter. That's counter-side. what I said when when Norwich went one 0 up. I said to Sir John, "They'll go two 0 up here, these, because we've got no, we've got we've been left absolutely wide open." I mean. If, Usually you got that player who's sitting in the middle and today they just went straight through us, didn't they? Both Cameron Jerome looked like Luis Suarez. Both yeah. goals looked like they just bulldozed the way through the middle yeah, of United and, uh, and just and then just in. So um anyone stand out as playing after Eastern for United? Depay shows yeah. a few flashes, doesn't he? But it just needs to improve that end product and it, if it, too many times he's losing the ball in the final third. A lot of the players are losing the ball in the final third when it should be up to the defence 
their defence to be taking the ball off us rather than us losing it. I thought Martial did all right. He was one of the better ones, and maybe Depay. But it's just yeah, it's the same thing really. We're ruining him. Yeah, yeah, we are, and that's that's another worry. Yeah, I'd agree with both of them too. Thought that Martial doesn't get involved in in the game enough because he sticks him too far out wide. Depay shows flashes for the first time. He started getting his head down in here a little bit and, and having a go, but his final ball let him down a little bit. But other than that, there's not really a lot of uh, comfort you can take out of that. I thought Ashley Young did all right. I'm Some really the... good um, crossing, but just no, absolutely nobody on the end of it. I thought Rooney and Mata were really poor. I'm really disappointed with Matter. Players again. were running past Rooney and Matter to get yeah. the ball. It was embarrassing. Yeah. I, I thought Ashley Young worked his arse off. I thought he was the most creative. I thought he worked the hardest, and he was tracking up and down that pitch far, far better than anybody. I, I, I would absolutely say that Ashley Young was the was the standout player of United. I'm, I'm normally a fan of Matter, but today was that was probably his worst game that I've seen him have. Definitely. Um, anyway, I think we resigned to the fact that uh, that that was. You know, we, we don't want to say it was a bad performance. I, I class it as a typical performance now, um, and we're getting to see yeah. too much of that. Yeah. This, that is a proper bad run of form that United have got. I mean, that's you know three consecutive defeats, and I don't think we've won since I think the twenty first of twenty uh, first and twenty first of November yeah. Yeah. was um, was the last win that we had. Yeah, it was against, Watford against yeah. the, against an absolutely piece of piss run of fixtures as well on yeah. paper. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that eight-game thing that we always talked about, that's, that's, yeah. just, that's just disappeared now, isn't it? Everyone. You did. You said we'd be top, man. Yeah. Yeah. Top, top of Christmas. Um, just a quick one then. Obviously, we'll put the game to bed. Um, thoughts on the position of the manager now? Well, I've wanted him out for a few weeks now and nothing's changed now. It's just, for me, is another nail in the coffin, particularly with um, another certain potential replacement becoming available this week as well. So. Four wins in 15. And, uh, is that what it is? Yeah, it is. Oh, and man. I'll be amazed if he's there by the end of the night, personally. Fucking Eddie so. Howe's got a better record than him. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we are going to get rid of him, we need to draft in a proper manager. I don't want to see any of his gigs taking us on until the end of the season like happened with Moyes. Uh, I think we need to draft in a proper manager either. So, do you think he's going to stay or go? Well, I'd like, to, I'd like to think that we're not going to start becoming a, a club that just sacks managers on a whim. Uh, but... You know, it's been looking like this. When we were winning games, it was it was shit, and this it was ominous then. And now we started losing games. Well, it completely shifts the the focus onto the manager, doesn't it? I just don't understand what's happened, to me. Because like I, I thought we was really in a good position in about April and making. You know, we had a lot of space in the squad to bring players in. We needed a centre back, a centre forward. We didn't buy any of them. We ended up playing Blin there. I just think everything since April has been the wrong decision and I was fully behind him in April but now I just don't I, I, I've, I've really struggled to watch United this season and I don't want to sound like a spy up brat but I, I have absolutely hated this season I, I, I can't think of many games where I've come away even Depressed. remotely entertained yeah, yeah. so stay or go I, I, I probably want him to go, yeah. Yeah, Aaron, yeah I think I want him to go, yeah. Go. Yeah, go. go. can fuck off. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with all of them, but especially Dubs. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I just don't see there's any way back. It's not a case of the form issue. I just think when you look at, you know, I, I said something on Twitter this morning that said you'll see where Van Gaal stands in the players' eyes by the strength of that performance today and at 2-0 down with 50-odd minutes gone, you could just tell that, you know, Bloomish just said there that, you know, it looked like trying to do what's going on at Chelsea so I can't see a way back for him here and I think it's a, a bit of a shame um, that it's come to that but you know I think um, I, I don't know if anyone was in the ground at the end but by, I, we were all selling I presume but I, by all accounts he got, he got proper booed um, yeah, yeah, so what that, was interesting at half time good. is uh, I, I was sat in the, the Stretford end today and they were, uh, they were clapping the players off 
and then they just saved all the booze for Van Aal. So I think you can the support's there for the players. I just think it's been it's lost for the manager. So one final question, and obviously you know where he became available this week. Um, would you? thoughts on this probably change every five minutes because there's that many pros and cons for him on both sides I, I, th- I think it'd either be a resounding success or just an absolute horrific failure I don't think there'd be any in between with him um, would you? Yeah, right now yeah We all know he's the best around but to me it's, it's travelling circus with him um, and that's that's a big issue with me but for now I'd probably say yeah <laughs> it's a travelling circus <laughs> it's, a sh- <laughs> yeah. it's a travelling circus it's a shambles but yeah I would <laughs> yeah I think I'd have him I think it'd be it'd be funny wouldn't it it'd be a laugh it's obvious that he uh, he has a bit of a soft spot for United and I think he's wanted the job for a while and rather than draft gigs until the end of the season or do get like a kind of an interim manager we just need to start over again with a proper manager I'm like John I keep changing my mind all the time and I, I do I like the bloke um, he sometimes says things that aren't becoming really of a United manager but Louis van Gaal does things every week that aren't becoming <laughs> of a yeah. United he, manager he picks so. teams that aren't becoming yeah. of a Manchester United but manager. I can't get away from the fact that I do think he'd really it, it is a stage that he'd really relish at United and you know I, I think I think some people are just built and yeah. born to play at yeah. and, and to, to manage at certain clubs and I just think I do genuinely think he's, he is made for United the problem we've got is, is if you would, if you put your work heads on and think right that CB's in front of me and the person's who you're about to recruit has got a good record but his last job was an absolute fucking car crash and yeah. Carney's left behind you, you, you know it'd be a big decision to say yeah, yeah I'm going to give you the job you know what I mean but especially if you're in a big so it's, it is a tough it is a tough one but the thing is is you can't have Talented people sat on the tar- you know, sat on the sta- sat on the sidelines out of work when they've got the situation going on at, at, uh, at United. So, I think it'd be a, it'd be an interesting one. If you'd have asked us this at the start of the season, we'd have all been sort of absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, let's let's have him. But I don't th- I don't think United can lose here by saying take him for six seven months, get us to the end of the season, see what happens in and around the club, see what happens in the dressing room, see how the players respond, and then make a decision then. Because let's face it. We ain't going anywhere at the minute, are we? No chance. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you've just said there. I'd get him in. I'm just a bit concerned about his recent signings as well. That yeah, I'm, I don't think he's been absolutely charging him at Chelsea, though, was he? I know, but he's 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 overseen people coming in, and I think yeah. I think what you've got is I, there's clearly something going on out of out of his out of his work yeah. life. Um, obviously, that he's got that employment tribunal hanging over him, which is never nice, no matter what line of business. And then the other thing is, is I think you're right. I think he's had a couple of dickheads in his dressing room who were who were who were probably yeah. doing what you said we before, trying to anyway. Yeah, so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, like I say, it'd be good good to draft him in. He's a proper manager. His track record speaks for itself. He could, you know, he could even come here and just have a clean slate because he's upset a few people at a few clubs. I mean, he's sat, been sat from Chelsea now, and he didn't like him at Real Madrid. And sat from Chelsea twice, so you know, come here with a clean slate and almost like start again. Indeed. So it sounds like pretty unanimous that it's time up for Luis Van Gaal, and and if it was Jose Mourinho or whatever, you know, I think most people would be uh, quite positive about that as a change. So not a great day, but uh, never mind. Uh, and final word to you, to the United We Stand readers, uh, as head of selling, any message for the festive New Year for them? <laughs> Put that one on me, didn't you? <laughs> Just say thanks. Merry Christmas, everyone. There you go. Merry Christmas for Ancho. Uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for buying the mag throughout the year. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll speak to you on the podcast soon.